This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, not half, powered by Celery, the show that loves an away day in Southampton. Now, I don't know what it is about Southampton away, but it certainly seems to be a big favourite of so many Chelsea supporters, myself included. Nothing quite like the irony of an away day that is just down the road. Great day out, loads of mates, a decent friendly pub and cheap beer. What's not to like? It seemed to appeal to Chelsea as well as they battled through a poor performance to grind out a win against a side that had not shipped a goal or lost in six games. Maybe, like the mellifluous water of the rivers Itchin and Test, the tide for Chelsea is turning. I am Stanford Chidge and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast 345 Brananized Tumbleweed. I knew it. I would have put money on that being tumbleweed. Uh, but there you go. I'll explain it for those of the hard of thinking. Is, is that like canonized? Yes, Jonathan. Gold oh. star to Jonathan Kidd. Oh. It's not very funny, though, is I it? I know. Well, that's the best I could do, really. I don't know why. I, I really stuck with a title this week, but I thought that was quite funny, really. No, it's good, though. It's good. It's good, but good. Not, not funny. Not funny, no. Good, though. Good, good but not... Well, I don't... Oh, Kev Tembo says it's poor... Okay. All right, Kev. You know, that's like a dagger in my heart, Kev Tembo. I'm really upset. In fact, I'm not going to do the show now. I'm going to go I'm going to go and watch the TV. No, I'm not going to do it. Do it. I'll do it. Jonathan, no, exactly. That's exactly the reason why I'm going to stay here. Um, As you already heard, we've got the lovely, fantastic uh, Jonathan Kidd live and direct in the house tonight. Jonathan, how are you, dear boy? Excellent. Thank you. Great to be here, Chidge, as always. Can I just ask you a question? Yes. The rivers Itchen and Test. Mm. Are they they local um, uh, Winchester rivers? Well, the Itchin does flow through Winchester. The test goes slightly to the west of Winchester um, uh-huh. through uh, through Romsey, predominantly. And they're basically, they, they form the two great rivers that go into what what, what is Southampton water. Uh, so there you. you go. But I know... That's- 
Go on, this show's go. informative, isn't it, as it well is. as being a bit of a geography uh, lesson. informative. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, it, the Itchin's basically a chalk stream. This is very boring, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's a, it's a chalk stream. They're quite quite unique to this part of the world, which is why we grow watercress and have such lovely trout. And as a kid, I used to go and, uh, you know, poach them, basically. Not not like a poached egg, like, like you know, put your hand in the water and grab them. Uh, but it's probably illegal, so perhaps we should move on. Anyway, um, we've also got Dan in the house. Dan Silver. Yeah. Hello, mate. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. Um, fantastic to see you on Saturday. What a cracking day. Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, brilliant. That's best away day since, I can't remember. But awesome, awesome day. Great people. Got to meet the lovely Dean Clay after loads of time on Twitter. Just, it was just a proper Chelsea day. Wasn't it? I mean, the yeah. before and the after. I mean, I don't know what, I think everybody just loves Southampton away. It's just so much fun. And it's a really cracking boozer that we all go to. And, oh, dearie me, the state I was in when I got home. But it was well, well worth it. And thank you. Well, it's great fun. I, I got to watch the match with you and Johnny T. So uh, yeah. even the match was good as well. And, he, and Johnny T's white hooks when the second goal went in. I think he got us both. Oh, yeah. Well, I got I got punched in the face by somebody inadvertently in the celebration and the winner. So we yeah, both had a bit of a fat it. lip. Yeah. yeah. Last but by no means least, uh, the two-timing person that is also known as Clayton Beerman, fresh from his appearance on London is Blue podcast uh, yesterday, Clayton. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, are they paying if, you if or something? You, if you don't want the plug that I gave you <laughs> to their thousands and thousands <laughs> transatlantic listeners, then I, I won't go on there anymore. I was, uh, I, honestly, I was only joking, mate. Uh, but no, I, I, I know you, uh, as I was I. I know. Did you, was it good? I haven't heard it yet. Um, it's very good. Um, they're, they're, they're really, really lovely guys. They they're are. so knowledgeable, um, and it's a pleasure to be on there. It's um, it, it's good fun. It's very good fun. Anyway, enough of our prattling on. Um, apart from us lot, um, we've got loads and loads and loads and loads of people in Mixler already. We've got the lovely Wayland Doherty, I can see that, who, of course, um, was the proud owner of the last uh, Chelsea Fancast T-shirt ever who I met in the Cock Tavern the other week, Johnny T, who uh, sorted me and Dan out for a ticket on Saturday and who we spent a very hilarious day with, which I'm sure will creep into the show somehow. The wonderful Bob Usray, Chelsea Ahole, to whom I owe an email, by the way, Chelsea Ahole. I did get your email. I haven't had a chance to reply, but I will get on the case because actually, in fact, it's reminded me... Um, he, uh, in his in his kind of professional life, uh, I think he's an architect and is quite into talking about the the new gate at Stamford Bridge that they're planning to design and they're getting fan input on. And I think that's a great idea. Maybe we should talk about this on the show, perhaps next Monday, and then we can maybe feed back some ideas through to him. Hopefully, in, indeed, he says, Chidge, indeed, good idea. Okay, well, you know, keep reminding me because you know I've got a memory like a sieve particularly after a Saturday like the last one. Anyway, loads of people in there. Alison Fragley, Daniel Cabral, Osgood Nine, Kev Tembo. I mean, it goes on and on. Jonathan Perez, Debs, Jack Chick, Jonathan Sharp, loads of people in Mixler. Keep those posts coming in and I will try and not to ignore you. You know I'm not very good at this, but I will try very hard. Anyway, on with the show. Uh, tonight we will be discussing the apparent return of Chelsea's mental strength. We'll be applauding an important win and asking, was Goose too ruthless in hooking Baba off? I had to be quite careful how I said that. Uh, in part two, we'll be asking if the likes of Fabregas and Branagh have really shaken off their poor early season form. And is Goose right to say that Chelsea supporters have now forgiven the players? Can we realistically qualify for the Europa League by getting in the top six? And if we do, 
what will that mean? Uh, in part three, we'll be looking, uh, or oh, sorry, we'll be taking a look at a right Conte. Be careful how I say that. Yes, it seems that the Italian with the golden syrup may well be heading to the bridge. Uh, we'll discuss whether he's the right man for the job, and will he manage to last for more than the usual 18 months? And to wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporter news with a, cra a, a cracking email this week, not several, a cracking email from the listeners. Uh, and Jonathan, of course, will be reading that out in the beautiful manner which he always does. Oh, hi. Indeed. Now, don't forget, you can also <laughs> listen to the show live every Monday at 7pm. Now, this is obviously directed at people who are only listening to us as a podcast. You can listen to it live. It's wonderful. Go there, mixler.com <laughs> forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page and of course you can always tweet us at chelsea fancast during the show or any other time and let us know what you think about what we've discussed the games you name it as long as it's about chelsea if it's about man united or arsenal unless it's taking the complete piss out of them i really don't want to know so keep it chelsea anyway after this little bit of a sting we'll be talking about southampton versus chelsea It's really funny doing this show now on Skype because your ears, your senses get very tuned in uh, to what's going on. And, and I could hear the boys turning over their pages for the script during when we played the thing. Exactly. I know that they're, they're focused. They're concentrating. It's lovely. I'm loving this. Anyway, in fact, actually, what they're exhibiting... Oi, enough, enough. Look, you know, there's there's noise and there's, there's too much noise and then there's taking the piss. That was um, taking the piss. It was indeed, Jonathan. Um... I was about to be lovely to you, Lot. I think I might change my mind now, but I was about to say what, the, what you're all exhibiting at the moment is mental strength, a bit like Chelsea did. Just a, just a quick rundown of what I think happened. Uh, first back-to-back -back, uh, win in the Premier League this season, which is astonishing. Um, but I thought, ultimately, I thought we were second best for much of the match. Uh, I went behind, of course, to a very stupid goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but Saints are a decent side. I mean, there are six games unbeaten. So, actually, to turn that round, Jonathan... I thought showed quite a lot of character. To be fair, that's a match we would have lost before uh, before I Bruce turned up. Completely, I, I disagree with you completely. I don't think we were, were second best for most of the game. I thought we were absolutely all over them in the second half. Well, you have and, to remember uh, how drunk I was. How drunk? Yeah, yeah. You probably didn't notice, but in the second half, um, we completely bossed it and I, were and were magnificent in the second half. Yeah, may, may, maybe maybe I doth protest too much. I think maybe you've got a point. I mean, maybe what would be fairer for me to say is that. Uh, for many periods in that match, Southampton were the better side. But actually, what, what I thought we did really, really well was to work them out during the second half. And actually, I thought for the last 20 minutes, you know, we were, we were definitely the better side then. So would that be fairer? There seems to be a pattern going on with, with, with some of these games. That for 20 minutes, as in even PSG and uh, several of the league games, we and, and the Man United game, we, we start off a bit sort of ropely trying to work it out and then just get better and better. 
but I, I thought that was a it was a the second half was a completely magnificent performance some of the some of the passing was completely out of this world mm. um and it's a shame that pedro got injured i don't quite know why he played because obviously he had a problem with his hamstring from the beginning but because pedro was really just coming into form but um i thought i thought um uh, Oscar, Oscar, he went flicked in and out of, of of the game a bit, but what? Then he came back in against second half in particular, and I thought was terrific. I just think they're they're they're, um, they're they've got it back, you know. Yeah. It was it was fantastic to watch second half. I just think some of the passing was just was out of this world, and even with Southampton with playing their three centre backs, uh, they they couldn't cope in the end. They hardly ever got the ball in the second half, and at least this time we didn't do what we've done in the in, in the early on in the season is get intimidated by their their tactics at trying to wind Costa up and they're being belligerent and slowing the game down. We we were above that. And we and, and that's what and the, I agree with the mental strength, but also it was Chelsea of old not being distracted. I suppose it's the same thing with the mental strength, not being distracted by um uh this mucking about, this the that way of just defending and breaking which before we we were completely inept at um, under jose and under under uh, well, even for a bit under goose at the beginning but we now appear to have got our mojo back it's mm. just uh, i thought it's it th great to watch i thought it was a really pro i mean i think you know what you're talking about that focus and that not being distracted. i thought it was a really professional performance what it reminded me of dan it looked like chelsea you know yeah. we, we've not looked like chelsea for most season but that looked like a chelsea performance they 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 wanted to win that and they knew how to 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 grind that out in a way to, to get that result because yeah. Southampton are a decent side it's a big win for us I reckon I'll tell you I mean they're sixth it's the first time they conceded in six matches I thought you know apart from that mistake they didn't look like scoring and so in the second half I don't recall Courtois having anything more than a couple of routine saves mm. a lot of control possession I thought Fabregas given a bit of space controlled the game hit some lovely passes yeah, has Hazard again I, it, it doesn't He's, you know, he's not quite there, man, is he? He's not quite no, there yet. I think he's worried about... It's a bit like the Brazilians a couple of years ago. They've got a, work, you know, got a Euro coming out. They don't want to get injured, so he's not playing at full pelt. He knows he's an automatic selection, so he's not really... Apart from the cross for Costa, disappointed. He, he got it. He was looking to pass straight away, not turning to run. But I thought, Jeremy, I thought he played well. Costa was a nuisance, but he seems to have... Apart from one little outburst, he seems to have calmed down. He's still got that edge, but he's not winding him up. To... Down, weren't they? They were trying to wind him up again. Yeah, was, he didn't because they. I think they felt they were under the cosh actually. Yeah, and, and, he was... uh, and so they thought, let's resort to that other tactic of trying to get him sent off. Which I thought there was it, Vander thing. Their centre half um, was doing by stroking him and pushing him all the bloody time. Yeah. I, I just think it was it was it was a happy Chelsea. And I saw firstly when we got the winner, you know, every man was on top of Ivanovic, and then at full time. Mikel just fist pumps with absolute delight. There's there's a real sense of happiness, togetherness that we haven't had since Leicester. Every man was smiling. You, you saw what it meant to turn it around. I just felt really encouraged, as she said. This this is the Chelsea, and you know five points from top six. We're, we're making some real progress with two winnable games coming up. It could be a very you know different game come PSG. Clayton, what, what's your view, old fruit? I mean, you know, Dan and I were there, so you, you, you get, um, a, a, you know, a slightly different look at the game, obviously, and then factor in the fact that I was quite drunk when I was there. So, um, yeah, but I'd be interested to hear what you have to say. Um, I'm with my learned friend, uh, Mr. Kidd, mm. um, because I, I agree. I think the first half was not the best first half, but I don't think Southampton did anything more than just work their nuts off. Um, and, and did it well. They pressurised us, but we didn't actually get started. 
I thought the second half we were we were superb. It was a, it was one of the best performances this season. Southampton didn't lay a glove on us. Mm. I mean, people who I know and like and respect were talking about perhaps um, Ronald Koeman being uh, potentially a manager for us, and I thought you know he's done a he's done a decent job there. And I know this is not about other teams, but what was his? I don't know what his. Um, ambition was for the second half because I don't think Southampton did anything I thought we were outstanding um, it's quite interesting that you made that comment because there was somebody on Twitter one a Telegraph um, reporter who tweeted that um, can't believe that Fabregas has scored very undeserved you know both in terms of the goal and, and the match position which I thought was absolute rubbish um, I read the Sunday Times yesterday, which basically said that Southampton dominated the game. And I'm just thinking, I, I know that I'm a Chelsea fan, but, but sometimes I, I, I like to think I'm a little bit fair. And, and if, if the opposition plays well, I'll give them credit. But I thought we played brilliantly. I really did. The whole of that second half, I do not think Courtois had a save to make. Um, something that Dan said, which I'll pick up on, which... I thought was quite interesting was that there was a there were a couple of shots in the second half I think one from Kennedy and then there was one from Hazard which basically would have been you know more relevant at Twickenham but what was interesting was that the players all around were applauding were just saying yeah good effort well played well tried and when uh, Branagh scored did you see Costa Costa went absolutely nuts he was so happy and I can't remember what game it was, but there was a game at Stamford Bridge earlier this season where he scored and he didn't actually celebrate. So the turnaround is is just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. I think I think the team spirit is is something that we we have noticed has really really picked up. But just I'm going to ask Jonathan this because it, it, again he might have a very different view than than me. But um, you know, Baba made a bit of a a bit of a rick. I mean, but I think I think it was also fair to say that he wasn't exactly. I think actually one of the reasons why Southampton were able to... I think they did dominate, actually, and they were very organised, but I think they did dominate in the first half. And I think one of the reasons for that was that they were attacking Baba uh, with gay abandon. So, but having said all that, I mean, did, did Baba really get to, you know deserve to get hooked by Gus and then quite publicly humiliated afterwards, Jonathan? Um, well, sorry to be hard about this, but yes. Mm, why? Because um, he's not up to it. And I know he's improving, but... Uh, he's had a few second... games, good games recently. Well, better, but he was still um, found wanting. He makes mm. too many errors. Defensively. Uh, yes, defensively. And uh, he's better at giving... He doesn't give the ball away as much, but he's still... He's, he's out of position a lot. Mm. And, I think... um, and the mistake was... I felt also that he took him off. He said he, he, he was having... In an interview, uh, he said that he was very... He felt he was harsh, but he had to do it. Yeah. But I also felt that he was a bit destroyed by it, by mm. the from the the I'm going to just briefly tell you how I watched it I I um I was at a mate's party on Saturday afternoon a schoolmate yeah uh, and uh, so I vowed that I wouldn't watch it until it was on Chelsea TV and I managed to it was normally it's on at midnight it was on at six o'clock the following day uh, in the evening I managed to last without accessing Twitter or anything until I saw it live for the first time wow. not knowing the score between 6 and 7, 7.45 on Chelsea TV, which I say is a first because normally somebody rings up or somebody texts or somebody, you hear it on the tube or even just going down the street, somebody shouts out, oh, good game, let's do it, was it 2-1 or something, you know, whatever. But I managed to do it. Anyway, I, I digress. But um, um, so I managed and I felt very pleased with myself. Um, 
But um, yeah, I, I, I felt that he, he, he did it because he was dis- he was too distraught by it. And I think he feels he's letting his mates down, mm. letting the teammates down. You know, the very fact that he, he looked from then on, the, the close-ups of him going off with it, this is a man who'd, you know, who'd lost it completely. And uh, the very fact that he gave Kennedy a go, who I thought did very well. Yeah, I agree. Indeed. I thought was a was a real bonus. Um, other than the goal, where I think the linesman was actually flagging for Kennedy's foul, and the and uh, Atkinson completely misinterpreted it and thought that he was foul, he was flagging for a foul against. Well, I mean, to be fair, Jonathan, I think Atkinson was absolute shit all game. But I mean, he he, he he is, isn't he, chaps? He's one of the worst. I mean, out of a really bad lot, he's still one of the worst. I mean, we were very lucky that we that we didn't get a penalty. I think when uh, was it was it Charlie Austin ran through. And uh, basically, I mean, you know, Cahill fouled him. There's no question about it. And then he kind of hand handballed it. I mean, I think the foul would have would have, should have been given really. And I think you're right, Jonathan. I think Kennedy kicks. He kicked out at whoever it was. He was fouled initially, yeah. and then he kicked out. And Atkinson obviously only was some way away. Atkinson, yeah. as he was following, running. He's so from... old, it about takes him half an hour to keep <laughs> up with play, doesn't it? He's he's a top uh, FIFA ref, isn't he? he did um, top did something, he, the, he did he did Real Madrid, I think, during the week, didn't he, or yeah. something? He was. He was he went in anyway, but um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, Goose said that if we weren't doing very well, he'd uh, he'd give the he'd give the youth a go. But I can't see how he can at the moment, other than giving one person a go. So it'll be for me, it's Traore and Kennedy, yeah. um, and the, the second that JT is fit, he'll be back in, and Branner will be playing right back. That's and, another. I want to leave that to part that two. To but I, 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 okay. I, that's a re- it's a really good question, and, and and I don't really have a problem with that. I I, I don't think you can shove six six youth players in the first team now. But before we get into that, yeah. um, I, I think it's really interesting, Dan. You know, his reaction. I mean, we didn't really see this because we were at the game, and we, we you just don't see that. You know, it's too hard to see that kind of stuff going on. But you know, Jonathan's very interesting. What he said there that, that he's he looked you know absolutely grief-stricken about being taken off. I wonder how he can recover. Having said that, I mean, you know, I do think that Goose was right to take him off. And I think if if Goose is hooking somebody off, it must be bad. And the reality is, is that by doing that, uh, I think it changed the game for us tactically because I think Kennedy played a lot better. The other thing that I I, I, I want to ask both you, Dan and Clayton, is I I actually think Thibaut Courtois was, was... also quite f- fault for that goal. He yes. came out very slowly, Dan. What do you reckon? Yeah, we said at the game that the court was very slow off his line. I mean, his reactions were bad because there was def- longs fast. We had a chance to come and, you know, clear clear that ball. I mean, I think, I mean, firstly, Babo, I mean, I, I saw after the goal went in, he was, he was, you know, chin, chin on the floor. He was absolutely devastated. But I think Gus made the right decision, tactical, possibly, and we turned the game around. Um, I've said before, Baba's problem is he's a converted winger, and converted wingers lack that defensive discipline and positional sense. When they've you know grown up, grown up playing a defender, you know how to defend. Growing up as a winger, then converting, you don't necessarily have the positional sense to pick up, pick up the ball. But yeah, Tebow was slow coming out. Could have could have made a lot harder job for Long. Could have stood stood bigger rather than by going down. He gave Long the opportunity to dig it over him. If he stayed big and made the goal bigger, would have given long less opportunity to shoot. I also thought I thought I thought he was too slow to come out as well, mate, actually. Yeah. And I mean I felt that at the time, which is very unlike me to even spot anything as nuanced as that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I was I was actually whispering to, to Dan and Johnny T. Clayton that, you know, I I wonder about Courtois. You know, there's rumours that he might piss off in the summer. Do you know what? I wouldn't be that I mean, frankly, this season 
you know, I think I, th I don't, I don't think he's that much better than Begovic, to be honest. Am I just being a bit unfair, Clayton? Uh, no, because I actually, as you know, I'm a, I'm a great defender of the man. But I, just sort of stepping back, and I will answer that point. But just stepping back about um, hooking um, Baba, I thought it was unbelievably harsh. Okay, um, okay. and I think that I'm really hoping that he starts on Tuesday. Because I think the last four or five games, he's done well. Yes, he made a mistake. But if you were going to hook people for making mistakes, I thought Costa and Hazard in the first half played like drains. I thought they were absolutely awful. You know, and equally, I know they didn't cost us a goal, but they could have been hooked off if you're going to do that. But I, I do actually think, and, and I, I actually watched it on a hooky feed, and you could see that after Bubba um, made that mistake, he was distraught. So he, he might have been a bit of a basket case at half-time, so to take him off wasn't really a hard decision. Um, going back to Thibaut, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, <clears throat> he was so slow. When Austin started running in, uh, sorry, when Long started running in on goal, when you're watching it on TV, I was just thinking, where is he? What, what's he doing? He was obviously not on his heels. He was obviously either not reading the game or not watching the game, or something's happened with his confidence. Now, first game of the season, he got sent off for an, a, just a dreadful, you know, a waft uh, at trying to get the ball when he came out. Um, I think he was slightly unfairly criticised against PSG because I, I think he was on a hiding to nothing. Yeah. But there seems to be something wrong with him. He doesn't seem to be rushing out and making himself big. I can't I, I can't put my finger on it. Snigger, snigger. I'm sorry, Clayton. I can't, I can't let that, that, that one rest. Oh, gee. <laughs> uh, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> I, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know whether he's basically decided he's going and he doesn't want to get himself injured for the Euros, as per uh, Dan's earlier comment, whether he's basically already sorted himself out of move and he doesn't want to get hurt. Uh, what he's reminding me of is, is when my son started playing in goal, when that, that horrible thing, when a forward is coming forward uh, and it's one-on-one, -on -one, and I was expecting my young son to go diving at the feet as I'm Herbert, and, and he put his body in the way rather than sort of dive. Now he he dives, and that's what most goalkeepers do. He doesn't do that. He just tries to make himself big. And I, I do. I agree. Uh, I I think there was a, there was another moment in the second half. There was a cross which was in his six yard box, and he just stood there. There's there's something not quite right with him at the moment. I don't know if it's mental, but he's he's uh, he's not playing well. You've timed that to perfection, uh, Clayton, and very interested to hear what you have to say about goalies because there is, it's not an accident that your Twitter handle is at Goalie59. Right, after the break, we're going to be asking if the likes of Fabregas, Branagh and Hazard even have uh, really shaken off their poor f early, for early season form. And is Goose right to say that Chelsea supporters have now forgiven the players? And also, can we realistically qualify for the Europa League by getting in the top six? And if we do, what will it mean? Who can say? We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea.
Okay, welcome back. I am Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. And uh, I think we've got off to a bit of a flyer, a bit of technical malarkey going on, as always. But basically, I think it's okay. Now, um, this is time to talk about a couple of things that Gus said uh, after the game, which quite uh, amused me, or made me think at any rate. Um, I think I'll go with the first one first, because it kind of also coincides with something that Super Frankie Lampard was reported to have said as well. But Gus was full of praise, I think, on Saturday. And, And I think, you know, picking up from what we were saying in part one, he was very praiseworthy of the mentality and the leadership qualities of some other side, which I think he was saying was, you know, we've, we've all been talking about this issue a lot, about the fact that, you know, the pers- the big personalities and the leaders from Chelsea have gone. In fact, the last of that bunch of Mohicans is very much um, John Terry. Um, but he was seeming to say that there are players like Brana Chesk, uh, you know, Fabregas, Oscar... Uh, and Aspie were coming to the fore and and basically I think what he was really trying to say was to take responsibility in the way that they they changed the game round um, and, and it kind of begs the question um, does that give us some hope that some of these guys can step up to the plate and become the big leaders and the personalities that we're going to need or is he talking out of his ass, Jonathan? Um, no, I don't think he's talking out of his ass at all I think that um, Branner, since he's become uh, captain and centre half um, has actually uh, looks looks to have the status of of, of somebody who, who could remain in that position for a long time. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, as we talk, said before, once if JT's back, the better combination at the moment is to have um, Branner at right back and uh, and uh, uh, Cesar at uh, at left back. But... Talk, talking of talking of Aspie, Jonathan. I mean, yeah. What what, what I mean, I think we you know basically. I think we'll talk about this in a minute, actually. But Branner's form has been piss poor. But actually, I've always loved Branner, and I think he—he's—he's he's not a shouter, but I've always felt he's quite a quiet leader. I, I don't have a problem with Branner's leadership credentials. Uh, but players like Aspie, uh, Mikel, I wonder if they're coming to the fore as well. Gus was very praiseworthy of Aspie and how tactically he kind of organises the team. Yes, yes, I read that as well. That that, that he's uh, he's the shouter to mm. it. He he encourages them as well. Yeah, I'm I'm. I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? We weren't talking about this at all early on in the season, but now that they've taken responsibility and are improving, you can see which ones. Are, well, they're, they're, they're all they've all improved, but obviously we're looking for we're looking for leaders. And I think um, I think Dave and uh, and Branner, if Branner maintains this this um, level of performance, which he'd so appallingly lost before, um, uh, I think we're, we're right. And I thought also and Gary Cahill as well. I thought yeah. thought I think he's since he's come in and replaced. Um, JT, I think he's he's performed out of his skin. So uh, you know, I'm 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 happy that he's he's, he's signed his his four year contract because uh, I think he'll be, he'll be he'll be there for ages as well if he carries on playing as well as that. Mm. You know, they they were brilliant against PSG and they were fantastic yesterday. Mm. Well, what do you think, Dan? I mean, one one of the things one of the things that's intriguing me is that you know, and I think this kind of picks up from what Frank was. I think Frank's taking a, a bit of a kind of a. Mm a cantankerous view of it like you would expect us to do which is that what do you mean nobody can compare to Czech Terry Lampard Drogba in terms of leaders and spine and and personalities and in some ways he's right but what occurs to me is that actually there may be a breadth of big characters coming through because I just wrote it down I mean Brana, even Fabregas I mean 
I thought Fabregas took responsibility and actually yeah. has done for the last few games. Costa can lead. Oscar, when he's on it, can do it. Uh, yeah. Cahill, we've mentioned William, Aspie, and Mikel. That's quite a lot of players out of that eleven, isn't it? That, that yeah. can you can see, you know, grab the game by the balls, basically. Totally agree with all the players you. I've got two points. All the players you listed are vast experience. You've got Champions League winners. You've got World Cup winners. You've got multiple cup winners. They're all good top top players. Oh, well, not problem. Problems are on word, but John Terry is your leader. It's almost like it's a bad analogy. He's like the school bully. You don't go near him because he, he he just controls everything. You don't you know when John Terry's there, you don't get a chance to talk. You don't get a chance to lead because he does it all. He's literally you know carries the team with his his determination and his desire. And now suddenly he's out of the pitch. You've got other players who've got the desire, they've got the determination, they've got the hunger, they've got the leadership. They're coming to the fore because they're, they're not kind of fighting up against one man. I know it's maybe not the best analogy. I don't know if you can get where I'm coming from, but JT outside, all the other players can suddenly come to the forefront and say, listen, I can lead, I can control the defence. Aspi is always pointing, always making sure the defence is in the right line. Fabregas, you know, takes control and he, he, he comes out and had a pop at hazard after the City game for not taking a penalty. So Fabregas is a leader. You know, he's captain, he's captain those those guys from Woolwich. You know, he's far so he's, he's, he's got he's got a he's got character. All that those players have all got character. They could all lead. I'm not worried about, you know, leadership. Yeah. We're not gonna and we're not gonna get this that spine back. You know, again, it's a once in a lifetime spine, so you kind of look back with joy but look forward with hope. So Clayton, does does this bode well for the future, mate? Clayton. Oh dear! He's gone. He's gone. Gone. We didn't even notice. Oh no! Oh dear! I feel feel like we should come out with that kind of the funereal music. I'll I'll, I'll try and speak to him in a minute if I get a chance. Well, one of you lot speaking. I mean, Clayton. No, that's Jonathan making a funny noise. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Where did yeah. you go? Well, I was trying to do the headphone thing, but I'm obviously not doing it correctly. So I'm going to bin that. <laughs> don't, um, don't worry about it, mate. So, does it bode well for the future? Do you think? Uh, it sort of does. I I think Dan makes a really good point, actually, and it may be one of the reasons why the club want him out, because they think perhaps he is cramping the style of other people to come forward. I think um, without sort of clanging a name dropper, um, but do you remember that when we uh, had the, the pod with Paul Canneville and we were talking about the fact that it was really strange that centre-halves like Gary Cahill who should be sort of leaders on the pitch because of their commitment and, and Branagh were so quiet. Mm. Um, one of the things that I thought was quite interesting that Gus said that, um, apart from the guys you mentioned, he also said that William and uh, and Oscar were talking. And I, I mean, it, it is encouraging. Um, I, it would just be nice to have a captain going forward. Um, if it's not going to be John Terry, it might have to be somebody from outside. We 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 still haven't got the the sort of the fist pumping, the waving, and what have you. But there seems to be something going right at the moment. Um, and there's obviously lots of personalities who are coming to the fore. Um, I, I know you're going to ask that question in a minute about whether we've forgiven them. Well, well have we, Clayton? No, let's get to it now. No, have you forgiven them yet? Absolutely not. I think there are a bunch of absolute. Whatever's I, um, I, I basically think that if I was offered um, Jose back in place of all of them, I'd take Jose back. Wow, that's pretty harsh. I think. Yeah. I think that, go on, at, sorry, Clayton. No, I just, I just think to down tools for three months, which is what they did, because you look at them now, 
and they're, they're basically they they got rid of him. Yeah. Now we don't know what's happened, and we're, and we're all really looking forward to the book, the film, the play, and and Jonathan's probably looking for the the rights for those particular things. <laughs> do you think who, who do you think Jonathan will play? Will it be Michael Amanalo, Eva, or Jose? Uh, Ken Bates. <laughs> <laughs> And Ken, Ken won't be in it. He'll be on the cutting oh, room floor. I, I think Jonathan will play Jonathan. Yeah. I think oh, well, that's he, true. He could. He'll he'll be shouty man with Butler in the East Stand. Um, <laughs> Can I just? I, I just. Um, I can't. I can't forgive them. I really can't. All I, right. I, okay. 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 Dan. Dan. Can you yeah, forgive them? No. Um, I mean, they they they, they, they weren't. Um, my view is that they win for Chelsea. They put in performance, they get points. I care about the badge in the front. This whole bunch of players, I've said it time and time again, I've got no love for them. If they go tomorrow, they go tomorrow. But as long as we win, mm. you know, that's the most important thing. But just digressing to what Clayton was saying about fist pumped, a fist-pumping captain. Do we actually need a, a fist-pumping captain? Uh, uh, there's something to be said for a few fist-pumpers, mate. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a different podcast. I'll tell you um, what, if we do, we, we've got the wrong manager coming in. We should get, what's his name, Otto Fister. <laughs> you know that would work, wouldn't it? Can, can I say? Um, yeah, yeah. Go on, Jonathan. What well, do you have? You forgiven them? Are you in a, are you a forgiving sort of man? I kind of sometimes I, think you are. Sometimes I think you're not. I I, reg- I sort of take it as as a kind of an, the inevitability of the modern world, in that the old team did it with Scolari. If you remember, do you remember that Drogba refused to play? Yeah. Him? And I remember going to Stoke and seeing Drogba just wander down the wing and pay and, and not be involved. And we were all saying. Well, he's got to go. He's he's not performing for the manager. I, but I, he, I thought Scolari was an absolute cock, and I absolutely backed the players to down well, tools with him because he had to go. He was awful. Well, fifth, we're only fifth. You know, it wasn't as if we were we 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 went we we imploded. So I I I've, player power is a kind of inevitability. Yeah. And, uh, um. I know. I, I you you know that we've talked about this before. You 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 know you add up all the amounts of money you'll get for each player and I'm afraid it's far more than you'll get for the manager so the manager will always yeah. be elbowed so all right you know you we we you look at them and think well you, you're not very trustworthy people but you're playing for my team and when you make an effort and we win I, I forgive you mm. but on another level I don't forgive them but it's it's the world you know I'll tell you what though and I mean Dan, Dan will echo this it's been interesting to hear what both you Jonathan and Clayton think about this as well but you know, I think what what Gus said and and pro- probably hasn't quite made the connection to, and I think you're right. I think a lot of us haven't forgiven them and never will. But actually, in in some respects, it doesn't really impede the level of support that we give the team because yeah. I thought the support was fantastic at Southampton, and actually, it's nearly always fantastic at every away match, Dan, isn't it? It was good yesterday, oh, on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, and all, all the so-called, you know, the Fabregas's of Hazard. They, you know, the Fabregas on camera has got support. We've got, listen, forgive or love and hate and we get behind the team. Yeah. Everyone knows that what's happened, but they've turned it around. They've put on a 12-match unbeaten run, quarter-finals of the FA Cup, good chance of progressing in Champions League. We're happy. It's, yeah, we're happy. It's all about what, what, where the club goes from here. Mm. We know full well that these players are here for the money, they're not for the love. Yes, it would be great and perhaps idealistic to think we're going to get another, you know, Lampard, Chet, Cole, Essie and Jogba love him. Football's changed, I think. That's my idealistic view. I've just got to to come in here because there's a a message from If She Don't Come. So did Chidge sing Fabregas' magic hat? Did I sing it, Dan? No, you didn't, but you were. (laughs) I didn't, I I forgot that. I have to say, which I'm going to 
say you were myself and Johnny T. You were whispering to her that Fabregas was something of a certain nether <laughs> region, and he's called. I've been so grassed up. You know what? Because I was going to say, of course, I sang Magic Hat, but actually, you're right, and I completely forgot. Oh, sorry. I, I I know, but you're you're right to completely stitch me up, actually, because I deserve it. No, I sat there and sulked and refused to sing it, actually. And the funny thing is, yes, absolutely, I was moaning like stink about Fabregas, and I was actually in the middle of of kind of talking to Johnny T and Dan, who were next to me at the game, saying, oh, Fabregas is playing like an absolute... <laughs> and then he bloody well scored, which made me look like a complete prat. So there we go. Uh, could could Chidge talk by that point? Well, that's a... Like, you were still fairly coherent up until I left the pub. Yeah, so. I, I was okay. I was keeping it together until about 7, 7.30, Alison. And, and I actually managed to keep it together by the time I got home. But apparently... Apparently, uh, when I got home back to Winchester, Alison, my wife said I was just capable of making kind of strange animal sorts of noises. Was that because of the chilli? Oh, man, the chilli blew my, blew my bollocks off. But she said that I was really incapable of what you would consider to be English and kind of... I think I was, I don't know if anybody ever saw that uh, carry-on film. Um, you know, the one where they kind of... Like like a hammer horror pastiche. Your, your dad was probably in it, wasn't he, Jonathan? No, he wasn't in it. He was only in the very first carry-on. Carry-on screaming is what you're talking Thank about. Thank you. You remember Oddbod Jr.? Yes. What kind of noise did Oddbod Jr. make? Can't yeah. remember. Those are the kind of noises that I... all I, That was about all I was capable of when I got home. <laughs> so there we go. But what she did say, what Mrs. Chish did say was, she says, you are quite lovely. As you're a very happy drunk. You're not a nasty drunk. You're a very happy drunk who can't quite manage to put words into English. So there we go. Anyway, we digress. Um, yes, basically, I was absolutely coating Fabregas off. What a surprise. Refusing to sing the magic hats on. And then the son of a bitch puts the goal on the net. But listen, I, you know, I was really nice about him on the show last week. And I don't know where Gary is tonight, but it was kind of aimed at Gary. And um, I'm going to be nice about him this week, actually, because I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think he's, I think personally, he is beginning to get his form back. And as, as I said, I also think he, he, he took responsibility to drive us on in that game. And, and so, number one, Jonathan, do you think he's getting his form back? And number two, how key do you think that having Mikel playing with him has been to that? Uh, yes, he is getting his form back. I thought he was excellent. And uh, even in the bit where... The part of the game where you were apparently were whispering in people in Johnny T's ear how how he resembled a a, a part of a of a um I think female, it was, female yes, it, was a, it was a lady's front bottom I believe indeed, indeed I I thought he was playing really well so I think you must have had the beer goggles on a little bit yeah too, I did you should much. have seen some of the girls I was looking at <laughs> they weren't they weren't girls kids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> go on, Jonathan. Past a field in, in Southampton. <laughs> um, um, but no, I, I, I think he's playing wonderfully. And I think he's really helped by um, by uh, um, uh, Mikel. Um, uh, and I think it's interesting that Mikel keeps Matic out. Um, and Matic is now brought on as somebody to shore the, the well, team. I, I would say thank God for that. Well, the way Matic has been playing. But I find that his... His inability to come up to what he was last year absolutely perplexing. Yeah. Still, because he was brilliant last year, and he is so much a shadow of his former self. Even when they're all playing in a much more relaxed way, he's still off the pace and still misses the tackles. He, he looks like a player who's irreparably broken. Yes, he does. Something's happened to him somewhere. He's mentally destroyed. I think yes. that's well. the Hampton game when he got brought on and hooked by Mourinho after half an hour. Yeah, I think whatever whatever went on, Matic has taken it very very hard and he's and he's mentally i think he's struggling to 
put himself back together again because he's absolutely gone from eight, nine out of ten to a five out of ten. So I think he's mentally destroyed. So Clayton, Clayton, move, moving it along because time is oppressing. Um, another person who I think is getting back to his best is, is Brano. You know, Jonathan was mentioning it in part one, um, and, and I think I think he's right. Um, here's the here's the question for you, Clayton: Is is he better at right back or better at centre back? The most recent evidence is that he's better at centre back. I think he's having a torrid time at right back because he's got older and, and whatever speed he has had. He hasn't got any more. Um, just going back to what I said, I really do hope that if JT's fit, um, that they don't just ditch Baba, mm. because I think the the dynamism, if that's a word I can use, um, of the two fullbacks bombing forward after several years of not being allowed to go past the halfway line is very refreshing, and I think it's giving us a lot more options. Um, I think Branner's played really well. I. I believe that his captaincy has uh, inspired him. He's taken on responsibility. The defence has, you know, looked a bit better. We still don't look particularly solid. Um, but you can't sort of deny the fact that these guys are putting um, putting their lives on the line again. We're, we're seeing them diving in and, and blocking shots. And it's something that wasn't happening. So, yeah, I, I'm sort of very encouraged by by the way Branner's playing. I mean, he's not quite as old as people think he is, and I, I think he's he's a really good player. Um, I, I, we're going to come on talk about the, the squad generally, I think, when we talk about Conte. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with him. I think he's, um, he's very good. Yeah, agree. Dan, agree. Dan, to kind of carrying that on, I mean, what worry me, and, you know, Clayton's alluded to it, Jonathan's alluded to it, you know, if, if he hooked Baba off and he doesn't play Baba, JT comes back fit, you can just see him putting Aspie back out on the left, JT and Cahill in the centre, and, and, and Brown will go out on the right. And I actually think that that would be a huge mistake because I think that we've begun to play, We've, uh, you know, we looked a much better balanced side with that back four. Okay, given that Baba isn't perhaps up to it at left-back. But we've looked much more balanced, and I just think that would be... Oh, I think it's an accident waiting to happen if we do that, Dan. Yeah, totally. And the other, the other thing that people need to mention is we've got a right-back at right-back and left-back at left-back. That makes such a difference to balance the team going forward. As he's not hasn't known what to cut back in to cross the ball, he can go down his natural side, whip a ball in. Look, Baba's made one one mistake. Yeah. You drop it, you know, it's like you know falling off a horse. You get back on again, so hopefully he'll play... On uh, tomorrow night against Norwich, and you know, make up for his mistake. Mm. Everyone makes, you know, every yeah. player makes mistakes. It happens. It was, it was a bad decision. We got punished, but you, you learn from your mistakes. I'm beginning to think, actually, and it's interesting because of you know, hearing what Clayton and Jonathan were saying. I'm beginning to think that actually, kind of, Baba took himself off in a way because apparently he was so done by making that mistake. One could make a case of saying that you know, Goose hooked him off because he'd gone to, he'd lost it basically. What, what yeah. is, was that kind of what you were saying, Jonathan? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So, jo- jo- Jonathan, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Go on. In the dressing room, it's pretty obvious that somebody has blamed himself for the goal, and they're they're almost so so cut up about it that the manager thinks, okay, this isn't going to work now in the second half. He's 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 too down. Mm. And in fact, Goose actually said that in uh, in his press conference. That's, that's good management to spot that though. Yeah. Rather yeah. Than make you know, rather than put them through the murder of trying to you know play through it. Listen, old fruit. I want to ask you a question here. I've been really impressed with both, you know, A, with Branner back at centre-back and also Branner and Cahill together at centre-back. 
uh, and it kind of does beg the question, doesn't it? You know, it, 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 are we seeing um, the potential centre-back pairing and also captaincy with Branner if and when J JT does, you know, the, the chances are JT's going to go at the end of the season. So, yes, completely. I think yeah. that's the, well. Well, once again, if 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 we're getting on to who we're going to talk about later, if Conte comes in, he may have a a, a, a different um, requirement for centre half. He might have a an Italian player that he's very fond Paolo of. Maldini or somebody. So, yeah, <laughs> not a man in his fifties. I don't think <laughs> Franco Baresi. But uh, oh, Franco Baresi, what? But, but a player. at the moment, at the mm. moment, um, yeah, I think I think the the compromise that he'll have to make, considering that I don't think Baba is up to it is that he'll have to put Dave at left-back and Branner at right-back, and then we'll get back to the situation mm. of Branner doing of doing these half-assed crosses, which he's very good at. And and as as um, Dan and, and Clayton have said earlier, that, that when, when you have the pop, proper combination of, of uh, Dave on the right right wing, he gets forward and you get a, 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 you know, a, an in-swinging centre and he doesn't have to cut back in. And uh, But the problem then, the dilemma you've got, is who plays left-back? Because if Bubba's not up to it, Kennedy was pretty good but he's 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 still uh, not the not the complete uh, bus pass. Um, so he'll probably he'll he'll, he'll go for um, the experience of having um, uh, uh, the right back who's not a hundred percent good enough anymore, which is Branner and uh, and Dave at left back. But for me, the combination of the two, I'm afraid, makes if it was just to stay that way, you needn't have John, JT playing at all. I mean, JT's still two two three games away from fitness i think i'd imagine for norwich and stoke it will be as is because he's not going to be fit and he's touching go for psg so maybe everton we might see him come back but if baba redeems himself which is possible he's only forget he hasn't, hasn't played 10 games yet in the premiership so he's, i think you've got more faith in in, in baba than i have I'm I, haven't right. got, I haven't got faith i just think at the moment when next two games unless he brings in candidate left back you'll play baba okay boys enough 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 i'm going to move yeah. it on um but i just like you know for the record as they say i think we should applaud uh branner for scoring a very important goal because i think it was Brilliant. a very big win yeah. he's now had 33 goals and 33 assists which is quite phenomenal and that's even before you look at the fact that he scored the winner in the europa final uh he will score the winner against city didn't he that great goal we all went loopy yeah. over and of course the napoli goal which if he only if he'd only ever done that in his Chelsea career, that would be enough for me. Oh no, the two goals yeah. at Anfield. Anfield, and, yeah. And Anfield, two, yeah. Two goal Branner Ivanovic, of course. Thank you, Neil Barnett. Listen, yeah. we've we've mentioned Europa actually, and I just want to finish up by talking about this. We're we're only seven points off sixth place. We're still unbeaten with Goose. Um, it's actually looking as though it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we might actually qualify, certainly for the Europa League, uh, you know, through the league, or of course if we win the FA Cup. Um, which I don't think any of us could have really predicted a few weeks ago. Um, but the bottom line is, a lot of people turn their noses up at the Europa Cup. I'll be honest, I, for one, think it's great. We won it last time we did it. What's wrong with that? It's a European trophy, Jonathan? Um, I'd be happy, as long as it doesn't prove a distraction uh, next year. Um, we should have a big enough squad, surely. When they need to improve the squad. I think, we, as Goose said when you watch the PSG game, they've got world-class players on the bench. We don't. Once again, it's going to be who's the manager, the new manager going to buy in the summer? Who's available? Who wants to come to the club? Will the Europa League be exciting enough for them? I think it will, because I think most of the people are just after the, the cash most of the time. But um, uh, can I just make a point here? I, I wonder what the chances are of us winning 80% um, of the remaining fixtures and to where that would take us. Because if they play as well as they played in the second half yesterday, they'll beat nearly everybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, my 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 opinion on it is, if 
um, if they don't get caught up in a kind of a real fixture congestion, which they might, if if we carry on and if we carry on with in the FA Cup and the Champions League and the league, I think that might have an effect. And I think what will happen is that they're going to prioritise either the Champions League or the FA Cup, depending on how far we go in each. Yeah. But 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 I'm with you, Jonathan. I think I think that the confidence that he's in that Goose has instilled in that team at the moment, and bear in mind that we're still playing with ten men every match because Hazard's really not not doing it. Yes. Yeah, you true. know, um, I I think it's all possible. And of course, the other thing that we've been saying ad infinitum is that you know it's a very shonky league this year. You know, anybody can beat anybody, you know. So the teams above us are going to lose games, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I looked at it. I looked at it yesterday and I thought, Jesus, how's it come to this? We're only seven points off fifth, sixth place. Really, ten points off fourth. I know. I mean, that's actually doable. I mean, in a normal season, I'd say it isn't because I'd say the top four aren't going to lose many games. But I don't see that happening this year. I I think we could scrape in. I really do. Dan, what do you think? I don't think we're going to go top four. I think I think City might have a revival given their last two performances. I can't see Leicester or Spurs. Anyone possibly could be um, Arsenal. Might might shit the bed. Excuse my language, but I think top six possible. Top four. As much as I love Chelsea, I think that'll be that'll be a bridge too far. I just can't. I can't see us pulling back ten points from um, up to fourth spot. But top six, yeah, definitely. I mean, if we beat Norwich and Stoke. We're up to seventh, I believe, if results go our way. Yeah. And then, and who knows? And all we've got all our away games by Liverpool are winnable, and most of our home games are, you know, should should be should be winnable. Yeah. Mm. So, all right, Clayton. Final point, very quickly, because we've got to go to a break. Two things. Um, no, I don't want to play in the uh, Europa Cup next year. I think mm. we have a serious rebuilding job to do, and I think it would be great to have the time to do it, not overburden the fixtures. Um, uh, if we do qualify for Europe, I'd just play the kids. I, mm. I really would. I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of it. Um, one point I just want to make, which I think um, is quite ironic, is that we know that we came back in a state of, shall we say, less than top fitness. The fact that we're playing so well now and the fact that we're scoring last-minute goals and the fact that a lot of our players are now coming into form, does that mean that Jose was right because he basically timed it? So- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. The arse about face, so the team yes. would actually be fitter at this stage of the season than they were last year. Yes. I mean, I think I think the irony in that is is should should not be missed because it, it it's so obvious to see all of these players who just didn't turn up for the first three months. Yes, there's an element of the fact that they weren't playing for Jose, but now look at them. They, you know, we're 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 scoring last right. goals. Anyway, yeah, we've got to go to a break. But I basically, agree. just 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 to, yeah, I, to, in a sense, Jonathan, I do. I mean, what I would say is that jo- that Jose wasn't right because I don't think it was part of the plan to to get near the relegation zone for the first half of the season. But I take your point about the fact that they are actually they are looking a lot fitter and they're looking a, a lot a lot better now. Anyway, enough of that. After the break, we're going to be looking at a a right Conti. Be careful how you say it. Yes, it seems that the Italian with a golden syrup may well be heading to the bridge. Uh, we will discuss whether he's the right man for the job and uh, will he in fact manage to last for more than the usual 18 months after this little break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea! Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast and we are in part three. And part three, I have called and I am going to name a right Conti because I thought that was funny, number one. But actually more to the point, uh, it looks very, very much uh, like we are going to uh, have uh, the manager Antonio Conte uh, in the summer. It's, I mean, all the papers, everybody seems to be pretty agreed that the deal is pretty much done. Now, when I heard about this, I thought there's only one thing for me to do, and that is to phone my great friend Sheridan Bird, who, uh, as some of you may know, together with Dr. Mart, was the first person on, well, it was me, Dr. Mart, and Sheridan Bird were on the first ever podcast that we did. Uh, and he's now gone on to greater things, and uh, he's now working for, I, sus- I suppose, the equivalent of the, of the Italian's match of the day or something like that. It basically covers Premier League football in Italy. And so he knows about Italian football, basically. So I, I emailed him, and this is what he told me about Antonio Conte. He says, well, the first thing about Conte that you'll notice from any photo is his angry eyes. Intense, almost like he has a chip on his shoulder. He is a very, very intense man, touchy and explosive. But he used that in his favour to inspire and motivate Juventus when he took over and they were shit. They won three titles in a row. He never lets up. The system he used at Juventus was 3-5-2, but I don't know if he will do the same at Chelsea. Uh, The press will get a lot of value out of him because he's a hothead and volatile. He might be relaxed at first, but as soon as it gets tough, expect him to get edgy and sharp-tongued. Uh, he had a hair transplant several years ago, and many comedians make fun of him for it, saying he's got a saying he has got a cat sleeping on his bonds. 
there you go. So that's what the great man thinks of uh, from for, from uh, Antonio Conte. But Jonathan, is he the right man? Is he what we need? So that's why you said golden syrup, because because it's like having a wig. Yes, he's a hair transplant. Ah, oh, I kept thinking, what's this reference to? Uh... It, oh no, sorry, Tony Glover. Jonathan is 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 being pedantic as he always is. Conte isn't a syrup; it's a weave. Yeah, no, no, he's being too pedantic because it's just a gag, isn't it, Chidge? Yeah, mate. Never let the truth get in the way of a good gag, isn't that right? Uh, no, it's a good gag, good gag. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it's not even a weave. He's just had he's had the hair taken out yeah. of the, the back of his neck so and, and transplanted in the front. That's the way they do it. Yeah. It's not a weave. Weaves so, don't exist well, anymore. When that's, I go, when that's, I go... 20, that's twenty-five years ago. Weaves. Yeah, they're, they're so they're so eighties, mate. When, when so I go 80s. when I go back and edit the show, I, I will put tumbleweed in for the first gag, which is the Brannan eyes, and then I will go put put canned laughter in for this one, and then we'll all be happy, won't we? You deserve it. Thank you deserve you. it, Chidge. But um, I mean, you know, he uh, sounds a bit volatile, uh, mate, doesn't um, he? Yes, yes, he do does. Do we need that? Do we need that? Indeed. Do um, we? I, 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 you know, but it, it, the trouble is, he's he's he fits all the he ticks all the boxes at the moment, isn't it? He's available. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> Stupid he's only, enough to come and do it. Yeah, he's only lost once um, with Italy, uh, in uh, since he's been manager. But he's also under a cloud, according to the Guardian today, because he's got two outstanding um, betting problems allegedly. Um, uh, not betting, um, Match throwing fixing. matches, throwing fixing fixing problems. Mm. So um, one of which hasn't been. Uh, um, uh, hasn't been finished yet with with, uh, with with Italian law, so um, that may come back to bite him um, and bite us accordingly. Um, but they're very good at. Uh, um, he was under a cloud because of this involvement with fixing a draw, and unlike over here, he would then be just, his career would be destroyed probably for the rest of his life in Italy. They didn't seem to care about it. They immediately appointed him is, manager very, of the of the of the national. There side. is a very good reason for that, though, Jonathan. And I mean, if you're referring to the Daniel Taylor assassination piece in the guardian yeah uh you know uh, basically even even taylor admitted that had this been in england it wouldn't have even gone anywhere near a sanction that's true it wouldn't it, it there wouldn't. wasn't enough evidence it wouldn't have evidence but that's because absolutely. italy still operates in a mussolini like corrupt legal system this all happens so you know i think it was a bit unfair that article but nevertheless you're right he has been embroiled in a lot of controversy he has but um uh Statistically, he's done brilliantly for for Juventus, who they were seventh two years running, and he went in and and apparently Perlo was completely in love with the way he just got to the nub of everything by saying, you know, you finish seventh, you bit that's crap. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's what he said. That's all he it said. Is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it was yeah. And so um, uh, and then apparently, what what did he do? And he, yes, and he, then they won it three years running, and then uh, and he went off to become international manager and they've won it uh, uh, and he's only lost once in, in, in how many games they've had since in 18 months so um, it, he looks pretty good to me um, it might be a different way of, of managing but uh, you know players are terribly good at responding to to uh, to decent managers if they're tactically competent is he tactically competent he must be because they, they I don't know what as he keeps apparently Dan mentioned it They keep he keeps changing the tactics according to how he feels the game's well, I, I was going I was going to I was going to say this. This is. I think this is the, probably the most. In, well, I think that there are probably two fundamentally interesting reasons why it's probably a good idea to hire Conte. And I think all things considered, all managers considered, he is probably the right choice. And I think one of them actually is that that tactical issue. I mean, you know, from what I understand, I, I had a longer chat with Sheridan than than that e- than that email. 
suggests. But I mean, his his uh, his ta he's very flexible tactically. I mean, he's played three five two, five three two, four two four, four three three. But the po the the point that, that really comes out of that is that what he does, he fits the players uh, or the system to the players he has, not the players yeah. into a rigid system. And I think one of the things that's been pissing me off for years, Dan, is this absolute rigid adherence to you know, uh, four, two, three, one that we play, no matter yeah. the fact that we haven't got the players to play that, Dan. I was so frustrating because it's, it's square pegs, round holes. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think Conte's got a great track record. He's, he's won three Scudettos. Uh, he's a good choice. We've had a good record of Italian managers in the past. Bialy and so on and so forth. I think, I think it's, a it's a good appointment. We're not going to have to pay stupid compensation. We're not going to get some stupid so-called manager because he's British. Uh, who thinks he's got outstanding character? I think it's a really good shout, and I like a coach who can change a game from you know, go from four three three to three five two. And I did read something he does like he has played the youth as well, which I know is one of Roman's um, you know things. He wants the youth players involved. I think Potentially could be a great manager. I like the fact he's volatile. I don't want a nice manager like Wenger. Wenger's too nice. I think he's a nice man. An absolute cop one of the highest degree. Well, he is, but he's. I want to imagine he's going to get out of there, go in your face, be aggressive. You know, Jose was very much, you know, this is my team. I'm going to protect my team. I want, I want something like that. He's going to, you know, fight fire with fire. He's not going to lay down like, like a, you know, like a whatever. I think he's going to be great. If we get him, I think it's going to be a great appointment for, for you know, year to 18 months. I think it's it's really interesting actually, Clay, because I mean the other thing I found out about I mean you know he is apparently very obsessive, which which is very similar to Mourinho. Uh, he he won't tolerate any lapses at all. He, errors just don't come into his dictionary. He he is crazily passionate on the touchline, which absolutely appeals to me. I, I want somebody who who actually I mean I, I know that there's a counter argument, and this is kind of one of the things I was saying is you know we've had this period of stability with Gus, and then it's calmed down a lot, which has actually been really good for the players. Uh, but personally, I like somebody with passion, and he shows it on the touchline. I love a bit of that. But the thing that made me laugh most is apparently ha he has a spine-chilling death stare, Clayton. Well, that's um, that's interesting to know, and there's a few of our players who could do with that at the moment. <laughs> Which is why um, I asked you. I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm very excited by uh, the possibility of him coming. I think he would be a perfect fit. I think he'd be great. I'd Dan alluded to the the fact that he uses youth, and I think, you know, I, I think there's a there's a lot to be said if we can appoint him now, if he can start talking to the board about who he wants to get in, if he can come and have a look at our, some of our young players before he starts and make his own mind up about whether they're good enough. The one thing, the elephant in the room that nobody has mentioned, that nobody has said anything, is Emanalo. Now, I know that what it was reported that he wanted to bring in his own technical director. He did, didn't but, he? But, but it seems to me that if he comes in and Emanalo is still there, we've still got this committee of people who are going out buying players that nobody's actually asked for. Um, is Dead Man walking before he's even started? I mean, he may bring in a couple of players that he wants, and and that will be great. But with this this whole setup that we've got here, this this absolute amateur hour, you know, if he comes in and says, right, this is what I want to do. I don't want Emanalo. I mean, I don't mind him being at the club, but I don't want him anywhere near me. Um, I've got my own technical director. I've got my staff. I mean, 
I hope that uh, there's a job for Holland because I think he's a he's a top man and I th- I think he's a a great conduit between the players and uh, uh, and the management. So I, I I say all of that with the reservation that that if Emanalo is still there or if this whole sort of micromanagement of our actual football manager is still there and they're not letting him do the job, have the players he wants within reason, then it's all just you know, back to square one, to be perfectly honest. Jonathan, that's a really, really good point, and yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but uh, he, he, you know, Clayton's right, and I and I forgot about that, but he did want his own uh, technical director in there, which I can't see happening at all, because, uh, you know, clearly Emanalo's got something on Raymond. Also, um, what are they, where, what are they going to do with all the, the, the players out on loan, who are doing very well at the moment, some of them in their respective um, loan clubs. Um, it will will he be able to look at them? Will he be able to make judgments about them before he decides? I mean, that's probably the argument that uh, Emanalo and, and Chelsea will give him to say, well, actually, we've got large numbers of players out who are doing well. Do, do you want to do you want to see if they're good enough? Um, but he, it depends. I know what what they're debating at the moment because they're having another meeting, aren't they, this week apparently, yeah. um, as to whether whether you whether he he insists on saying, listen, I've got my favourite players here, I want you to put bids in for them. Um, which is likely, isn't it? It's what happens with managers when they come in. So um, it, that may be a, that may be a, um, uh, a necessity of him signing. He you, may say, "I'm not going to sign unless you let me get the following players." It might be a, 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 a you know a, a tipping point. It might be a problem with it. You know what, Jonathan? In fact, I'm, I, and Dan actually, because I'd like to hear what Dan has to say about this. But I mean, all all of you, in fact, all three of you were going on about this, I think. But going on about his. Um, his proclivity to play the youth you say that but if i if i okay maybe this is a bit unfair to just cherry pick a few of his signings for juventus but whilst he was at juventus he signed vidal good young player he signed pogba seriously good young player brilliant but he, but he, yeah but he also signed tevez and he also signed perlo two brilliant tevez players. Was yeah, I mean, I'm not saying bad signings. I'm saying actually really clever, good signings because he got them both on, on real cheap deals. But mm. they were absolutely instrumental in Juventus' success. So it strikes me that he's a, he's a very savvy manager that he'll, you know, make good deals. He, I mean, Juventus didn't have a lot of money, remember? You know, they'd been in the yeah. shithouse for a few years. So they didn't have the, the purchasing power that a lot of the big European clubs did. So, But he got, he put together a squad that he knew could compete and he mixed he blended you know gnarly old uh, experience with promising youth and actually I think what underpins all of the chat that we're having about Conte is that the one thing that we clearly need at this club massively 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 is a is, is somebody to nail this period of rebuilding because the, you know we're still clinging on in many respects, to the players, to some of the players that, that that came in when Jose first turned up ten years ago, Mikel, for example, Branner is an example. JT still here. We need to really rebuild the squad. So actually, if we're looking at a manager who has the ability and proven track record to rebuild a great team, but also be savvy enough to blend youth and experience, I think we could be onto a winner, Dan. Totally, that's that's the dream, isn't it? To have you know, two or three homegrown players, you know, supplemented with some really outstanding world-class players. I mean, for, for Italian manager to last, you know, three years and leave by his own accord is, is quite rare because, you know, they're much more hard and fire than the, the mentality in England. So he only left because he went to manage Italy. So he's, he's, I think he's going to be a fantastic option. And as, as Clayton said, 
the club needs to make a decision now. Do they continue with this ridiculous transfer committee or they actually let a manager say, right, I'm a manager, I want these players and, you know, move Emanuelo into a, another role. If he's can, I ask, can I ask you, what, what is Goose's influence on this? Because Goose has apparently still got the ear of Roman. He, he, will, will they pay attention to Goose in this at all, in, uh, in his views on who are the best players and who should be kept? Will that come into the equation at all? I think, I think Goose's appeal is very well respected and, you know, according to Dan Levine, I think he's always, he's always had an, an input over the years since he's left. Yeah. He's, he's well respected by Roman. I think if, if Gus said, you know, ABC, I, I would 100% trust him. So I think he would have an impact. We need to give the new manager a chance to say, well, I need to sign five players or keep these 10 and I'll bring the six youth and there's your 20-man squad. They need to let him do it. Roman needs to see the fact that the whole structure of the loss, you know, five years despite winning trophies is not uh, good for the long term. And we need to completely reassess the, you know, the, the background behind the club if we he's want to really big, move on to the next level. He's got a big task ahead of him though, hasn't he, with all these how many loanees are out there and how many of them are doing well, um, you know, and, and some of these strange signings, what's going to happen to them? You know, this boy, Hector, has he got a future at the club? No, um, he'll, 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 he'll be good. They'll probably send him back to a Premier League club like West Ham or Watford. Silly that, old Hector. Strange, some strange signings. Um, Gino Boggi. But the new boy from America, another strange signing. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, listen, just to pull this in together a bit, chaps, because I mean, actually, you know, utterly unexpectedly, this is what I love about this show. None of this is, was scripted. Uh, although those of you who listen to the show, where we will be amazed that any of it's scripted, and you would be right. But um, this is a really good point that actually Clayton, you know, instigated, which is we can get this guy who, arguably, you know, just just looking at his track record, is possibly one of the, the, the top five managers in the world, certainly top ten, which, considering the state of shambles this club's been in this year, is quite a, a, an achievement to get. And yet, if you've still got, uh, you know, people like Emanalo and Avram Grant advising Roman, and Roman, you know, making transfers, and buying some of these people, we know not why, then... It, it, it's you know it's got it's going to end in tears. We just know it. You know that he's not going to like how it's done. He's he's clearly you know a very strong personality, and he's going to want to have his head. Um, so on the one hand, he he could fall out with that idiot Emanalo, and I cannot believe Roman's going to get rid of him because you know he's such a wonderful yes man for him. And secondly, um, the mere, the merest hint of of, of failure. And one one has a, a horrible feeling that Conte is going to be sacrificed, which is why I asked in there, you know, will he be gone in 18 months, Jonathan? Well, if the results are lousy, yes, he will. Mm. <laughs> but if, if we try, I don't know, I, I know that's a non sequitur, but I mean, you know, we, we all know, we all know deep down that it's a bit of a shambles underneath and it needs a proper rebuild. And you, you would have thought that, you know, we need a bit of time to get this right, particularly with the amount of youth that may or may not come in. But is that is that going to happen if 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 the attempts to bring the we've talked about this before again if the if you t attempt to bring the youth in and it and the results go awry then the manager will suffer regardless. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all of, it's a completely results based business. You know the club needs to be um, in the Champions League every year and and getting as far as it possibly can. That's the business plan. So you've got to have the players to colony to make it work. And yet at the same time the. The uh, the owner wants youth to be put in because the amount of money that he spent on the on the academy. It it, it I, I, as I said last week, very delicate balance. 
it, it, it's difficult to make it work. And I and 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 he's going to have to come in this chat and really put his foot down, Conti, and say, um, I need a, a selection of players to make this work. And it may mean that the bench becomes even less youth orientated if that's the way he wants it. If he if he then make has has nothing but world class players to we we might then end up winning the Champions League again. I we think, won't, I we think won't at the moment. I think you said something really salient there, Jonathan. And I mean, e- even looking at Southampton yesterday, that I mean, the the one area where we're really really lacking and uh, the worst I'd say we've been in in terms of strength for the last ten years is the squad depth on our bench. You know, you look at who we can bring on, and it and it pales compared to what it used to be. And, you know, if you just look at our bench, and I mean, this is not new stuff. A lot of people would always say that. If you want to look at the, the strength of a team, look at the strength and depth on their bench. Yeah. And we are not we are not European elites. We are not competing at that level at the moment. And, and, and you can see it on the bench, Dan, can't you? Yeah, totally. I mean, compared to where we were, we had two world-class players in any position. We've got, you know, a very weak bench. We've got Costa aside, we've got no decent, fit, experienced strikers. It's, you know, the, the squad is seven, eight players, top players away from being where we should be. To com- you know, if we want to compete with the likes of PSG, Jabas, and Real Madrid, which is the table we want to be dining at, we're, we're seven, eight players away from that. But yes, we've got some very good players, but we haven't got a good squad. Squad depth is very, very weak. Once you scratch below the scratch below the surface, I, I think ultimately, Clayton. I mean, you know, I think we've all kind of like alluded to it, uh, you know, circumspectly, but. Um... The, the the only unsackable manager at Chelsea Football Club really is, is Roman Abramovich and I, you know de facto Emanalo comes into that as well and I think you know ultimately that's our greatest strength and possibly our greatest weakness do you think? Yeah no I agree um, I think that when we played against PSG the whole bench Thing was it was mightily exposed. You looked at their bench and you looked at our bench and you see how far we've fallen in the last two years in terms of squad. Um, I just jotted down on the script that when you sort of talk about expectations for him, I think, I mean, if he stays, Tebow, we've got Asby, Sesk, who I think could be the Perlo type player if uh, Conte comes in, uh, William. Hazard Costa if Hazard stays I don't think anybody else you could say you'd miss if they left I, mean, I include Pedro, Oscar and Obi and that sadly and Branagh and, and, and others um, we we need a serious rebuild mm. if, if Roman's willing to do it then absolutely fine the other thing about the youth I know we come on to this time and time again and who we've got out on loan and blah 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 Two things. There was there was talk last week about Christensen being sold um, to Borussia Mönchengladbach, where he is at the moment, for about twelve million. Absolutely, not, uh, you know, we desperately, desperately need centre halves, and we're going to let somebody go who's not even had a chance, who potentially is very good. Um, and what's happening with Manchester United at the moment? Now I know they were only playing Arsenal yesterday, and they and they, <laughs> and, and, and they only and they only played a, a tyre company on on Thursday. But this kid who scored four goals in two games was part of the Man United team that was beaten 5-1 by our youth team. Okay, um, Tammy Abrahams, um, Dom Solanke. You know, these guys should be around our club. These guys should be on our bench. Okay, they've been out on loan. I know they can't play all the time and all the rest of it. 
But I'm hoping that if somebody like Conte comes in or if he's appointed, say, within the next month, two months, he can go and look at these guys. He can go and look at the probably not 30 guys out on loan because you've got people like Marion and etc. out on loan. Um, that, to me, is encouraging because he's, he's going to know good players. I mean, he, he, he got Pogba from Manchester United. That, yeah. You know, that... I think that's good. Well, let, let's hope so, mate. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is just running out of time as always, but um, Jim White, uh, who I think writes for the Telegraph, um, wrote a very interesting article about it this week. And actually, a lot of what he had to say was absolutely praising uh, the professionalism of the process that Chelsea have gone through to figure out, identify, and uh, by the looks of it, lure this manager to the club. He said that they were... That you know the way that they've done it is a, is a shining beacon to everybody and puts a lot of other clubs like Man United in the shame, Jonathan, which is amazing to see. That's you know, the, and, he, and and let's face it, you know, Jim White's talking about you know Emanalo and Marina, people that we are very quick to criticise. And if you look at what's going off. on in Mixler, you'll you'll see what I mean. Yeah, we are slugging off at this moment, and yet um, they've clearly done something pretty good. Yeah. And, but having read, having said that though, there was another story that. Um, I read in the newspaper that uh, was saying that his his ambition had always been to be Chelsea's manager, um, so it wasn't very difficult for them to uh, to uh, poach him, <laughs> poach, just get hold of him. Oh, I don't know. I don't believe that. It's like you know, oh, you know, Robbie Keane signed for his boyhood club sixteen times. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't believe that. Why would Conte want to manage Chelsea? I know we've always had a. Italian flavour since you know. I, I, I'll tell you why, Dan. Five point three million a year would do it. Yeah, I'd love Arsenal for that, to be honest. Yeah. Listen, very quickly, guys, we've got to wrap up this part, but I think I think a lot of this, which we've alluded to throughout this chat, really, is very much on, on what the expectations will be. So I'm very quickly going to ask each of you, but Jonathan, what, what will, if, let's assume he comes. What, what are your expectations going to be in terms of where we go, what we're going to win? Um, we, should be, uh, we should be in the semi-finals. Of the, well, we won't be in the Champions League next year, but we should win the Europa League. Um uh, we should qualify easily, and we should actually make the running in the in the uh, in the Premiership. That's what that's what they would expect at the club, and it's what I would expect as well. If he's given uh, a war chest, and if he can buy some really good players, I mean, you know, he might be able to poach Pogba. Pogba is a phenomenal player. Well, let alone Vidal, who's also a very good player, very, although very, yeah. a bit prone yeah. to injury. He may not be able to get those, but he's bound to have. Um, he's well. We just hope that the proof of the pudding's in the eating. You know, he might discover that he. He buys three not great players from Italy, and they don't work out in the Premier League at all. But you, you, you hope that they're inspired and they inspire everyone else. I can only, you know, I, my my hope is that he he makes a huge success of it. Of course, I'll say that. I want him to. Mm. I mean, as for what it's worth, I, I I personally think that, you know, after what we've had for the last ten years, and I mean, I know we have no divine right to win everything and compete, but what I would like to see us doing is to a right the shambles that I have seen creep in. Uh, you know, from the top to the bottom, really, over the last few years, I would like us to see, uh, like to see some youth come through because I think it's really important to the future of the club. But more importantly, and I, and I agree with Jonathan on this, you know, I'd like to see our, us competing to win the Premier League and to win the Champions League. That's that's what we got to, and I think anything other than that is is a backward step, Dan. Yeah, hundred percent. I think next season, top four without fail, domestic cup, and as Jonathan said, you know, make real progress in the Europa League that's got to be our minimum expectations we put this season down to 
know, the exception rather than rule. We, we pick up, we get everyone back on even kill, we get a happy camp, we kick off in August. Yeah, absolutely, you know, flying without any stupid tours to Australia. Mm. Oh, well, apparently there's, yeah. a, there's a tour already mooted to the States, I read, which is just absolutely mind-bogglingly yeah. stupid. Straight, straight off the bloody Euros. Yeah. Clayton, f- finish it up for us. What, what, what are your expectations, mate? Clayton? He hasn't disappeared again. Oh, well, you lost a chance. We're going to go to a break. Gone, oh. gone. Is he... uh, hello? Where were hello? you? Did you go for a piss or did you just fall asleep? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> my ex- my expectations are to, to halt the decline. I think the decline in the club and the squad in the last 18 months has just been quite bizarre, probably the last six months. So to arrest that, to get some... I mean, Gus has done brilliantly to, to get us back on an even keel, to build on that and to give it a good go in the league and to qualify for the Champions League again. I think for the season number one, that's more than enough. To actually see some progress, to actually see what somebody is doing, to actually see a plan, to actually see the team look like they've got a structure. And if if it's a manager who fiddles about and basically gets different formations in games, fantastic. I want to start enjoying it again. Um, This season's been quite tough. I know the last couple of weeks have been good, banging in goals. But yeah, no, I, and I just, I just want to see a manager being supported mm. by the club, and I think you know that that's all you can really want. And and just, just to rain on your parade. Do you know what one of the reasons why he fell out with Juve? Uh, go on. Because of the pre-season tours. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I'm really glad you've been you've been a genius tonight because you you you've made me remember a lot of things I meant to 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 write down on the script and completely forgot, but. This is, I think, came out with the, the interview they did with Perlo, uh, who, who very stridently said, you know, this guy's really good. Let him manage your football club. Let him make the decisions. Let him make the pl- uh, buy the players. If you don't want to let him manage, then don't hire him because he'll just fuck you off immediately. Cause he won't put up with that kind of shit. And actually, yeah. you know, I fear I fear that we will be back to Roman and, and Emanale managing things in 18 months and we'll be back to square one again. But... Personally, I hope not. Um, I really enjoyed that chat, I, and, and, I, and I hope we do get him, actually. He looks like a cracker, but uh, time will tell. Now, after the break, we're going to have our usual roundup of Chelsea Supporter News and an email read beautifully by Jonathan Kidd. Oh, thank you. See you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, we're in the home straight, we're in part four, where we uh, read a bit of your emails, if we've had any. And, uh, and we get through a few plugs for our friends, but before we do that. Uh, Dan has an announcement to make, haven't you, Dan? Yeah, actually, it's an absolutely massive, massive thank you to Brian, Jonathan, Vadouche, and the rest of uh, Chicago Chelsea. I was there with work last week. Um, the boys took me out on Thursday night for a fantastic meal. And then on Sunday, watching the City game, absolutely treat me like royalty. It's absolutely phenomenal time. Had a really nice few days with them. They are top, top guys, proper Chelsea. And I'm really, really grateful apart from drinking Malort, which I still can taste. 
awful shot. So if you ever get to Chicago, <laughs> don't drink Malort. Or whatever Brian says, don't drink Malort. But guys, thank you so much. I had a wonderful time. And when you're next in London, I will really look after you. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, you may not know this, Dan, but Jonathan Sharp is in the house. I believe Jonathan is is uh, Chicago, aren't you, Jonathan? He is. Yeah, he's one of the guys who, who, who showed me a really good time in Chicago. Well, you know that you know that Jonathan uh, spent the night of the Europa Cup, which of course we were talking about the Europa Cup final night in the what was then the Southern Cross with me and uh, Walter Otten. And the lovely Lauren and uh, oh, mental people all night. They're all, they're, they're, great, they're, they're all good. Brian, I mean, Brian is so passionate about Chelsea. They all love I mean, him. He, he puts the flags up in the pub before the match. Excellent. So the three of them, top Chelsea, I'm really grateful. Good stuff. And while we're talking about me drinking in Southampton again, Tony. Actually, no, no, Tony, we were talking about Dan being in Chicago. He went out to watch, uh, I presume you're on business out there, Dan, weren't you? I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he watched a few games with the Chicago mob, one of whom is in the house in Mixler, which is Jonathan Sharp. And I think Brian, too, you're also, here we go, uh, Brian's in the house, too. Um, but talking of me drinking in Southampton, which we were, I need to thank Dan for being such great company. I need to thank Johnny T for getting me the ticket organised and being an absolute legend. And I've seen also that in the Mixler house tonight, we've got uh, the gaffer, Garfield Bailey, who uh, who turned up with a, uh, loads of people that I should say thank you to, but Gaffer took a photograph of me looking quite drunk, holding two pints of Guinness up, which I've now used as my Twitter profile pic, which is just wonderful, but so many people John Proctor, Tim Rolls uh, you know, Captain Leader Legend 10th of March 1905 Chelsea Fella, Trubly Terry Debs, Julio, Juicy Julie, Johnny Fleming. I mean, it was just, it was just, it was basically like all of my Christmases came at once and I, I got very out of control and very drunk because of it. But anyway, enough about that. We should talk sense, shouldn't we, Jonathan? Because it's time for you to read an email. Yes, it is. Would you Would you like to proceed? May I? <laughs> Hang on a minute. Before you do, I've just seen something on Mixer which has really made me laugh. Deb said, oh, for fuck's sake, Chich, I left you with a pint of Guinness in each hand. Exactly. Debs, go and look at my Twitter profile. You'll 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 see that picture, very picture. Anyway, sorry, Jonathan, off you go. Chidge. That's what uh, has been written, by the way. Uh, this happens every week, this, isn't it? Yeah. Chidge. The highlight of my season remains Jonathan Kidd reading my letter a couple of weeks ago. No offence to Jonathan, but that does mean it's been a tough season. <laughs> but let's take a minute and rejoice in our first two game-winning streak in the league. Add to that an Arsenal loss, and it's a weekend to celebrate. Things that concern me. Pedro's in injury. Just as Pedro seems to be coming round, he gets a knock. This seems to frequently occur this season. Maybe if a reg regression to the mean compared to last year, when we were generally speaking injury maybe it's sorry let me read this again maybe it's a regression to the mean compared to last year when we were generally speaking injury free or maybe it's, it is that our bench does not seem as strong as last year but injuries have taken a toll this season poor performance in the final third seemed to me like we were very wasteful in the final third on saturday very arsenally trying to pass the ball into the net funny that the first goal was a pass from a former gooner but let's take some joy in things that went well. We finally got a few breaks. It seemed to me like CFC were getting all the bad breaks in the first half of the season. West Ham, Bournemouth, Palace, Swansea. CFC seemed to get all the bad bounces and all the bad calls. But lately, that seems to have turned around. We've benefited from some good bounces and good no calls. 
Everton, United and Fabregas on Saturday. Never give up attitude. The team does not seem to give up like they used to in the first half. In games like Bournemouth, you could see shoulders slump and the life go out of the players after they gave up a late goal. But lately, we've salvaged five points after the 80th minute since Goose has taken over. Should be seven if Oscar had hit the penalty versus Watford. Blocks. Does anyone remember two years ago when CFC would score and then they could lock it down and secure three points? One of the big reasons was the number of blocked shots the back four would get each week. Branner, Cahill, JT and Aspie would throw themselves in front of the ball. They seemed to get away from that last year, but I saw at least three of them this week. To me, this shows commitment and gives me hope for a strong finish. Great show. Keep up the great work, guys. Mac Bergson at Proper Chelsea USA. Well, I'd say, you know, screw the great show. I think it's a great email, Jonathan, isn't it? Would you like yeah. to comment on that? Excellent. Um, all the points are fantastic, particularly the uh, the one that I, I like is the um, is the one about heads going down um, uh, and, and also not getting the breaks. I mean, um, I, I felt the Southampton played a little bit similarly to to uh, to Bournemouth in that they defended for large amounts of the game and, and yet they got a goal, I felt, slightly against the run of the play at the first half, at the end of the first half, yet we came back from it and scored two, which, absolutely correct, we wouldn't have done at all um, in the uh, in the first half of the season. So things have, have been turned round. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, very very, very well observed um, uh, mail from uh, from Mac. Very good. Mm. Clayton, what, 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 what say you, dear old Bean... No, I, I I think it was a great email, um, beautifully read as always. Of course, um, I do. I, I do take at the beginning. Sorry, Clayton. Sorry, I was crap. No, I well, I do take issue with the fact of it being a good weekend because Arsenal lost. Um, I'd much rather Arsenal won and Spurs lost, but that's another story. Um, and yeah, it's funny that we we seem to be getting more breaks now that we haven't got a manager who's screaming down the ear of every refereeing decision, isn't it? So. Um, I think these things do tend to uh, to happen. I, I, I think we're just being left alone. People aren't aren't taking much notice of us. We're out of the spotlight, and therefore we're being refereed as badly as everybody else. But you know, just not. We're not getting bad decisions now. We're just you know. Well, we're not we're, we're not getting what look like vindictive decisions. Correct. We're just getting Correct. your average bad decisions. Correct. But I think, you know, like I said... That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. I mean, like I said in in part two, I think it was, you know, uh, or was it, it might have even been part one, uh, we were lucky not to have a penalty against us, and we were lucky that Kennedy didn't get blown up for a foul. Uh, I mean, you know, we'll never know, but you could put an argument together that, uh, you know, most referees would just, on principle, take a dim view of us while Mourinho was here, and that may well have gone against us, so... Well, I, I think... I think basically the general incompetence is there for all to see mm. in terms of refereeing decisions but I think with the the atmosphere that Jose had created around the whole place is that referees were looking for an excuse to give something against us or not give us something whereas now they're just you know all, all, we're getting the same amount of bad and good decisions as, as everybody <laughs> Alison fragilely she's, she's tapping into the, the dark place of my mind, Alison, be very careful. She's just said, that's a bit harsh, Chidge, blowing someone up just for a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Dan laughed. I laughed too, Alison. I thought it was very funny. Um, the other thing I was going to say, actually, I mean, you know, we I, I had something I was going to say and I've completely forgotten what it was, so I'm just kind of like blindly blathering on now. But uh, 
Um, oh, I know what it was. Um, Mac is absolutely for maybe he wrote this before uh, before before yesterday at about seven thirty. But I took great delight in Liverpool losing yesterday, and uh, we haven't mentioned that. But he, he, you know, basically, he is right uh, that there was a lot to celebrate this weekend. But I'm I was gutted, Dan, that Spurs won. Oh no, it was, it was horrible. I mean, I was as happy as I was. Arsenal lost. I was. Devastated Spurs. Well, I actually tweeted. I think I got some sick in my mouth when I saw a four-time score. I'm shitting. Think, I'm shitting a brick, mate. They might win the. They, I mean, how unbelievably awful would that be? They I might mean, win the title. They've got. I mean, they've got two big London derbies this week. They've got West Ham, yeah. and they've got to play um, uh, Arsenal on Sunday. If they come out of that with four or six points, I'm going to be. I'm going to be seriously worried. Well, I, I mean, and they're on a real run of form. They are the. I think they're the form team at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I mean, at least we play. I mean, we've got to beat them now at the bridge. Which, again, actually talking of which, Jonathan, that's been moved to uh, Monday night, which has caused a lot of apoplexy and annoyance. Subject to Champions League, as yeah. always. Yeah. Oh, is it is it subject to Champions League? If we're in the Champions League, it'll, it'll get me back to the weekend because the semi-finals are that week. Oh, well, that's so, good to know because I'm yeah. really pissed off that it's on the Monday night because I'm going to have to move the show to the Tuesday. So actually, that Tuesday, the second of May will have to be uh, revealed. As you said, it's provisional on us being in the Champions League semi-final, I would presume. Yeah, correct. It's a bad okay. holiday, isn't it, the 1st of May? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah we'll be. We have a lot to play for then if we're um, if we're still in the Champions League. But also it may be that we're we're possibly getting into the uh, the top four, so we may have to keep playing. Hell's teeth. I mean, look, look, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I really hate Arsenal so much, it's not true, but the thought of Spurs winning the title absolutely trumps the thought of Arsenal winning it. You know, there's still ten games to go, aren't you? Can't um, you, you can't write off City or uh, or even Leicester. You can't write off well, Leicester. I know. Anyway, at the end of the day, I'm afraid it's it's apart from the fact we've got to play Spurs. It's kind of out of our control. Anyway, I should get on with a few plugs because there are quite a few tonight. So I shall I shall just try and whiz through these. But uh, as always, and um, by the way, Mac, thank you for that email, and I hope you're well. Uh, oh, Mark Barfoot's here. Hello, Mark. Europe uh, Europe League place or Tottenham pipping less of the title? Ouch. Yeah. Well, there's. I think there's so many, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, kind of permutations of awfulness that could happen. I don't even want to go there. Right, uh, CFC UK. Get your CFC UK at home games from the CFC UK store opposite Fulham Broadway Tube, and also at away games. Uh, if you can't get it there, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow the Twitter account at CFC UK USA. And if anyone is interested in getting a CFC UK copy. CFC UK copy even contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at D Lundberg underscore um, mine is a bit revolutionary this month Clayton um, I, I've gone a bit Marxist about the old ticket prices um, yeah it all got a bit weird on Friday night well, but how when, about you when it when is the new one coming out uh, is Stoke. It this okay uh, no I, I've gone about what price loyalty there you go have you, you can imagine what that's all about uh, about loyalty Badge kissing and all that. Crap. Oh really? No, I've gone. I've gone steaming in about ticket prices and and actually applauding the Liverpool fans for walking out and say that basically if we tolerate this, then our children will be next. <laughs> to, to quote, to quote man, uh, the Manic Street preachers. Manic but Street I, preachers. I, I have actually quoted quoted Marx, and the actual title of the piece is in fact "Opium for the People," which is of course, as we know, a well-known Marxist quote. Anyway, enough of me being a Marxist because uh, I'm not really. Um, anyway, Chelsea Supporters Trust, they're definitely not Marxists, they're, they are very democratic. 
uh, and you can join them as I did a long time ago and now I'm now, and as Remington said and now I own the company well actually no I don't own it but I'm on the board uh, anyway join the trust get your voice heard by the club uh, it's only £5 to become a voting member uh, it's free for non-voting members sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com and if you do you can attend the meetings that we have special general meetings AGMs and so on and so forth you can come to the events and you can vote on issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard follow them on twitter at chelsea s trust and also of course uh, for those of you who were with us last week you'll know that we had the supporters trust chairman tim rolls on the show and a very fine and informative show it was too so get involved people it makes sense and i'll tell you what you know we're about to go i would say in the next two or three years arguably the most important in chelsea's history so I think, you know, and we need to be making sure we tell the club what it is that we want and what we need. Don't just leave it to them because they'll inevitably get it wrong. Uh, and talking of which, um, and we talked about uh, this with Tim last week, the Chelsea pitch owners. Uh, and I've been very remiss in not plugging the CPO enough and, I, and I'm now rectifying that. Uh, so if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, uh, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners, uh, who basically, as we discussed last week, they own the freehold of Stamford Bridge, and their aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever and ever and ever. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yes. Or, as we like to say, in perpetuity. Yes, in perpetuity. In perpetuity for a peppercorn rent. Lots of alliteration the more there. The people that buy, buy shares, the better. Absolutely. Well, do you know how they do it? All they have to do is that they go to, uh, they cost 100 quid or there or thereabouts. And the best thing to do is to go and email info at chelseapitchowners.com or just check out chelseafc.com uh, forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And of course, you can follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. Although the best thing to do is to email them or, or go on the website, uh, the Chelsea website, and find them there. Now, finally, there the, it, sorry, Chidgen, there also the ability now to pay um, in down payments so you don't have to fight if you're struggling, you don't have to buy the £100 all at one go. Yes, that's very true, Clayton. About You can pay what, about 20 quid a pop or something? For, for, I think something yeah. like that. I don't know the full details, but I know that they're, they're making it easier for people um, if they can't stump yeah. up £100 the, all at once. Bottom line is you can pay by instalments, people, which makes it a bit cheaper. And also, of course, you can buy them framed with with signed by JT or whoever or you can buy them framed and signed by GT and, uh, JT and get them presented to you on the pitch can you, can you get any signed by Tim Rolls because uh, they'll obviously be a collector's item yeah that would be and worth very little uh, no I didn't really mean that um, <laughs> anyway so buy a share 100 quid or so each it's more obviously if you want them framed with stuff but go to uh, info at chelseapitchowners.com for more information last plug is a very 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 decent and worthwhile one uh, and it is a plea to all of the people who listen to this show to sponsor the wonderful Chris Morgan, who is also known as at Blue Yonder CFC on Twitter. And he's running the London Marathon in aid of the CLIC Sergeant Charity, uh, which helps kids with cancer. And the quote on his Just Giving page is, is wonderful. And if you know Chris, then you'll, you'll know how funny and true this is. He says, I'm unfit, overweight and struggling with the heat here in Dubai, but I'm going to do this. An unbelievable personal journey is waiting for me. As an aside, I'd like to dedicate this run to Kirsty Wilson, a wonderful and inspiring lady I was not lucky enough to meet in person, but who I knew on Twitter and who touched the lives of a lot of people I know and love. Her sad and tragic loss to cancer at a terrible young age has inspired many. 
this is my inspiration. And I just thought that was so beautifully put by Chris and echoes the sentiments of many of us here. So please, please, please sponsor him in his run in the London Marathon. Uh, and and all you have to do, just follow him basically on Twitter. is probably the easiest thing, at Blue Yonder CFC, or go to justgiving.com. Uh, I think it's probably forward slash Chris Morgan 30. All right. So please do that, people, because uh, he's a lovely lad. He's also written a great book. If you want to buy Chris's book, I can't remember what it's called because I've got a memory like a goldfish, but it's one of uh, Marco's. Uh, is, it, so, is it called something like Blue Powder? Now, that's the one you're thinking of Mark's, one of Mark's books. But Am anyway, I, okay, sorry. it's it's Gate 17 book. So if you want to buy Chris's book, it's on Gate, it's, get it through gate17.co.uk. Uh, but I can't remember the name of it. Apologies, Chris. So there we go. Right, we're there. We're at the end. I will be back next Monday, March the 7th, to look back at the games against Norwich uh, and Stoke. And I have no idea who I'll be joined by because I haven't done the schedule that yet. Although all of these lads know that I have emailed it to them today. I haven't heard from Jonathan or Clayton, but I have heard from Dan. Isn't that right? Correct. Yes, I haven't replied. I know. Uh, very remiss of me. I'm sorry I've been late with it, but we will work it out. Um, now, Dan, I, you're... You know, I've... I've got this terrible thing. I've got this job that gets in the way every now and again of responding to emails. So I do apologise. No, that's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, I, I, you, I, want to play, I want to play cricket one evening. I want to have a net. I haven't played cricket for 10 years. I want to have a net one Monday evening. I'm all sorry. right. Well, that's okay. You're allowed a night off, Jonathan. Chris Morgan's book is called Coming Clean. Thank you. There we go. Um, and it's available from all good bookshops. Wonderful. Now, you have no reason to apologise, Clayton. I was apologising for the tardiness of me getting the email out. I didn't expect I to shall respond. Res I shall respond in due course. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't expect a response to come immediately, mate. You know, we <laughs> we do have lives. I get it. Talking Some, of which, what, what do you want to do about that blog that you that you sent me? I I have rewritten it and I'm sending it to you tonight. So Lovely. You can put it put it up. <laughs> I might get it up tomorrow. Said so the uh, bishop. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Clayton, yeah. it's been lovely to have you on the show as always, and I, I'm not sure if we'll have you back next Monday, but we might do. So I'll, I'll hopefully see you before then, anyway, on Saturday. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, I hope so. Lovely. Thank uh, you very much. My pleasure. Now, Dan, you're off to Norwich, aren't you, tomorrow? Yeah, I'm off. Gay off. Yeah, I think I'm sitting next to Steve Burns. Steve oh, Buncey. Yeah. Oh, are you? Buncey. Yeah, Good old Buncey. Buncey. Yeah. Excellent stuff. And uh, who who else is going up there then? Well, uh, Buncey, obviously. Mark, Martin Wickham, D, uh, Dean Clay, a few others around. I think all the normal crowd will be there. Mm. Tim Rolls. So, whole, you know, looks like a, another good turnout for a, a cold Tuesday yeah, night up a, in Norwich. It's a bastard of a match to go to midweek, isn't it? That yeah. Norwich one, and, and it'll be cold, like you said. Great. It was great to see Dean Clay, wasn't it, on Saturday? Oh, yeah, what a top, top bloke. Yeah, so nice. That was lovely yeah. to see him, and, and Buncey, as you said, and Martin, of course. I Just the, the, the people that were there, it was just wonderful. Oh, as well. Kuno was there, yeah, yeah. Just a really good turnout. It was lovely spending it with you, and even more fun, uh, it was lovely actually being, you know, actually, we've done it a fair, fair amount recently, haven't we? Uh, been together at a match, but it's nice to do it on an away match. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, away days. What's all about? That's that's just. I love, I love the away days. Yeah. I have decided though, Dan. If I was to get an away season ticket, I think I would probably be dead of alcohol poisoning after about four matches. Yeah, I'd probably. Yeah, I'd probably be getting divorced. So. Yeah, and uh, well, that goes without saying. I'd be divorced. Yeah. So you know, it's a sh and that's why I cherish them when I do them. I think. But there yeah. you go. Lovely to have you in the house tonight, Dan. Brilliant stuff. Great to be here as always. Yeah, enjoy Norwich tomorrow. Thank give you it, very give much. it large. And, I shall uh, be. And make sure you sing the uh, the Norwich family song very loudly. Go for some high sixes. On the ball city. Not that one. 
Get a few high sixes. Oh, there is. Yeah, no, we won't. Anyway, Jonathan, yeah. um, it's as always such a great pleasure to have you here as uh, as the uh, as, as the special Act person the, that you Act are. The bishop, oh, sorry, the special. What? I thought I said, you said that the actress said to the bishop. No, yeah. I said the special person that you are. Oh, you. Oh, yes, exactly. Thank you. I'm being lovely about you because you've you been were, very but... you've been very well behaved tonight, mate. You know, I, I, you sent me a note early on to be well behaved. It's so much I'm better sure. though, honestly. Yeah. I know, I understand. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't... Have, I have so much to say though. Chid. I know, I know. But by the thing... way, by the way, hot off the press, Ruben Loftus Cheek has signed a new five-year Chelsea contract. Uh, yes, yeah. I knew that, and somebody else has too from the youth as well, but I can't remember who. But that's good uh, news. And Chelsea youth just joined Nuno Southampton. So there we go. But as always, fantastic to see you, Jonathan. Really, really appreciate it. We really have to go because I'm running overtime. Mixler people, you are gorgeous and lovely, and I'm giving every single one of you a great big kiss, not necessarily with tongues. But it's been brilliant having you in the Mixler, as always. I love seeing you in there. Sorry I don't get the time to uh, to uh, respond to all of your mad, mad comments but i do read them so thank you very much for that appreciate it right you lot many thanks to my guest this week's thanks for listening see you next time until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chills up the chills It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.